How's it going, Leopard fans? Welcome to another episode of Leo's on the Spot. If you're listening on our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And most importantly, please share the podcast with all your Leo friends and family. The more people we get listening, the more people that enjoy hearing our interviews, the more often we'll put them out. Today, our guest, head men and women's track and field coach at the University of Laverne, Kevin Reed. Coach, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Anthony. Thanks for thanks for having this. This is a, this is a great piece. So, Coach, it's been a long time, you know, just about a year uh, since we've been on campus, since you've been coaching. What have you been doing with the bulk of your time since you've been away from campus? Uh, you know, it's been a lot of time in, um, you know, in team meetings, you know, on Zoom. Um, that's kind of seemed to uh, become a kind of a standard. Um, it's also been, you know, kind of a great opportunity. Um, I've had a chance to not necessarily reconnect, you know, with with different people, but yeah, kind of reconnecting because there's people that I I'm used to seeing in person from, you know, really around the country and around the world. Um, you know, we, I've gotten into a little bit of a pattern with, uh, you know, on zoom meetings, you know, and I, I think, you know, I think you could loosely call it professional development, you know, but it's a little bit of, you know, old friends and colleagues hanging out. Um, but we've also been talking a lot of tracks. So, I mean, there's been a, a good educational component, um, you know, kind of in this time as well, um, as well as, you know, just taking advantage of, you know, a little bit of extra time and, you know, been getting outside and, you know, trying to, you know, enjoy that as well. Got it, coach. Uh, so, you know, that's been keeping you busy, but you haven't had the coaching aspect. So with maybe some extra time that you've had, have you picked up any new skills or hobbies during this time? I've um, spent a lot of time on my bike, you know, putting a lot of miles over the past, you know, over the past, you know, year plus, um, which has been fun. Um, it's just kind of a little bit of a challenge for myself. Um, you know, but, you know, going back to some of those Zoom calls, I mean, it's been really, you know, interesting to be able to sit and talk with, you know, some of the top coaches around the country, top coaches around the world, and, you know, kind of see what they're doing and kind of what, you know, where, where training is trending and, you know, and be able to bounce things off, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, a possible comeback. What does that look like? Um, you know, what their thoughts are and just, you know, thoughts from different coaches on, you know, what does the return look like, you know, and, you know, in what's, you know, really could be kind of a very short season, you know, what does training look like? What ideas, what are, what are different people doing? And I think that's going to set us up pretty well uh, moving forward. So coach, obviously those conversations are, are extremely important now, just because this is a situation no one's dealt with. So, you know, the more information you can get, the better, but in the season, Besides this season, how important are conversations like those with other head coaches just to get a feel of where maybe you're lacking in, in your training regimen for your athletes or maybe where you're doing well? How, how important are those conversations with other coaches? Oh, yeah, they're 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 key because it's always, you know, the coaching, the coaching fraternity, you know, like we'd like to try and call it. Um, it's just a, it's a lot of, you know, we, we, we've all done our educational component. We've all learned the, the basics and the science. Um, but it's always, you know, it's always great conversation, good, edu you know, education to just to see what everybody, everybody's doing. You know, we've all have, we all have the same foundation, foundation. We all have the same pillars that we work from. Um, and it's always great to get different ideas from different people um, and maybe give ideas. And, and it's good to hear offer affirmation, you know, on some of the stuff that you're doing. And it's also, it's also good to hear criticism on, Hey, okay okay, you're doing this. Why are you doing this? You know, and it makes you deep. It makes you think a little bit deeper about what you're doing, why you're doing it. Should I keep doing it? Should I change it? You know, and, and it's, you know, and, and that's, you know, what we call the, the art of coaching is, is taking, you know, a lot of the same information and the same science and how are you going to apply that, you know, especially, you know, uh, you know, to the group and especially, and also to the individual. All right, coach. So last one, before we get moving into the bulk of the interview, so you're obviously you're the track and field coach, but I know you're a big sports fan. So what is your favorite sport to watch or play outside of track? So I'm assuming probably cycling is your favorite one to play right now at this point in your life. What's your favorite one to watch? You know what? I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of jump on the cycling thing too. I think one of my, one of my favorite things to watch every single year is the Tour de France. You know, I'll get up. My wife shakes her head at me every year when I get up early in the morning to kind of watch that. But, you know, that's just an amazing event um you know 
individually what those athletes do um, is just, it's crazy, you know, kind of what they do day to day to day, you know, but then you also factor in the team component, you know, of, of cycling at that level. And I think there's a lot to be learned, you know, and, and, and who, you know, what your role is on a team and, and that kind of stuff. But then, you know, I also, I'm a, I'm a huge baseball fan, loved going to the ballpark, um, you know, kind of throughout the whole season. But, you know, to me, you know, a highlight of the year is, is playoff baseball, you know, where every pitch, every at bat, you know, impacts the game. And I really, I really enjoy that. All right, coach. So we want to get into your background a little bit and see how you ended up at, at Laverne. Where are you from? What do you consider your hometown? Uh, hometown is um, Northern Nevada, small little town, um, Carson City, Nevada. It's uh, it's a capital of Nevada. And you know, it is a great place to grow up, you know, winter or summer. Um, uh, a quick drive away from uh, Lake Tahoe, you know, and it's, you know, Lake Tahoe is just an amazing place, winter or summer. And, you know, look, looking back on, on where I grew up, I feel pretty fortunate to to have grown up, you know, up in the, up in the high Sierra. So, you know, up there in Northern Nevada, Northern California area, what brought you down to Southern California uh, before you ended up, before you started your collegiate career? Um, well, I pretty much, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, kind of grew up in Northern Nevada, went to high school, um, ended up at a junior college um, in, in the Sacramento area and, um, and, and played football and was running track and, as I was looking to, to move on to a four-year school from my junior college experience, um, I was looking for a place where I could do, you know, both football and track. And on, you know, on, on several recruiting visits, um, you know, especially when I was up in the Northwest, you know, in, in kind of the early spring and got chased out um, of the Northwest with some bad weather in the spring. And that kind of canceled that uh, piece on me for the, for the track and field side. You know, and then I ended up in Southern California um, at a school called the Zusa Pacific, um, primarily, and you know, uh, wanted to be able to be at a, uh, at a Christian university where I could play football, and that um, really limited the the scope of that on the West Coast, and um, ended up in Southern California that way. And tell us a little bit about your time at Azusa um, uh, as as a multi-sport athlete. It's something that's very difficult to do regardless of level. Yeah, you know, but I, I look back on that, and that was a, it was a great time, it was a, a great experience, um, and you know, still very connected with, you know, a lot of the people that I, you know, you know, both played football with and ran track with, you know, and you know, and it start, it really kind of started me on, you know, where I was, where I was going, you know, lifelong. It wasn't really in my plans, you know, but I had the chance to, you know, to play football um, with Christian Okoye, you know, who went on to a, a, a an All Pro NFL career. Um, you know, and have those relationships, you know, and then really on the, on, on the track side, you know, was training, was, was having fun. And, um, you know, that really set the foundation, you know, and the, with the, the historical success of Azusa Pacific on the track, um, they had started winning national championships in uh, the early eighties. You know, they'd, they'd already won a couple of national championships, but by the time I got there, you know, and to be able to take part in, you know, uh, in my time there, I was there for three years and to be a part of three national championships um, on the track and field side, you know, was a great experience. And as well on the football side, you know, we ended up just short of the playoffs um, my uh, junior year. And, you know, yeah, obviously disappointing, you know, and I mean, because there's schools around the country had never seen anything like Christian Nikoi coming out of the backfield. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, you know, but I still look back on that, you know, on that time as a very, very positive um, part of my growth and development. All right, coach. So uh, while you're at, at, at APU as, as a student athlete, did you always kind of think that coaching was going to be your future or did you have any other uh, career aspirations in mind prior to that? Yeah, well, you know, at, 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 um, as I was going through my undergraduate at, at, at Azusa Pacific, um, my undergraduate degree is actually in, in marketing and I was planning on going into the business fields. Um, and marketing and advertising. Um, but after I graduated, I had a chance to, you know, I still have a desire to continue to train um, and, and compete. And um, after graduation, I got hooked up with uh, the training group that was out there that included uh, Dave Johnson, you know, who was, the, you know, the eventual 1992 bronze medalist in the decathlon and got into that kind of a little bit of a training group. 
and it was kind of interesting and just we just kind of kept on doing that we were having a lot of fun you know and we were getting you know we were traveling around the country we were traveling around the world um doing that kind of stuff and then it just you know my the the coaching piece really just kind of evolved you know to where year by year you know what i ended up kind of uh training and competing a little bit less and started coaching a little bit more just because it was you know we were on the track and you know we just you know we were helping out because we were we were there and we were around with it um and so yeah it was it was very interesting it's it's the the coaching thing really just kind of evolved from you know my own training even though it was you know i was it was fun you know but i wasn't really at you know that kind of a level i was in you know really kind of more of a training partner with in that group um you know but the coaching thing just really kind of evolved um kind of out of that you know and with a great mentor you know, the head coach over there, Terry Franson, it just, you know, kind of evolved and he didn't, you know, every year he ended up giving me, you know, more and more responsibility. So it really just kind of evolved on its own. So as it's evolving there, how does that turn into your first head coaching opportunity? Uh, you know, the, the head coach there, uh, Terry Franson, he had been there for a number of years. And like I said, as, as I was training less and, and coaching more, and he just kind of kept giving me more and more responsibilities. And, you know, and some of those responsibilities, you know, included, you know, you know, uh, administrative roles as we hosted uh, the NEI national championships on, you know, for a two year run on two different occasions. Um, and just out, as I was picking up experience and, you know, and this is when I, I started getting um, more involved on the administrative side of things, being involved with, you know, the administration side of some of these championships, getting on different coaching committees and, and different involvement. Um, at the time, uh, in addition to being the coach, um, Terry Franson, Dr. Franson was actually the athletic director as well. And he just felt that it was his, at, you know, best for him to kind of step aside. You know, this was in 1995 and um, took over the program um, at that point and, and started running from there. You know, so as you mentioned, you know, at that time, if you already had, had an incredible history with track and field, you know, a lot of national championships, how, how did you feel finally taking, taking over the head coaching spot, knowing that this was a, a very successful program that you were taking over? Um, a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, it was, I mean, it, 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 it really gotten to the point with, with the track and field program. Um, you know, when we, we'd go to, to nationals indoors or outdoors um you know we, we could have you know had, had a very successful meet from our end you know every athlete could have been you know you know really kind of maxed out on their potential and what their you know abilities were going to allow them to do and if we didn't bring home the team title it was oh what happened you know so yeah no it was it was it was there was a there was a lot of pressure and i don't know that it was you know, all external. I'm sure there was some internal pressure from from my own end uh, to maintain that. Um, but yeah, no, there was there was pressure there. You know, in my my first year um, as a head coach, we'd actually you know we we took to the track and actually won the first indoor championship um, in the school's history. A lot of the the championship history had been based on outdoor track and field. You know, we won our first indoors um, that same year. We were second outdoors. You know, and then. Over the next couple of years, you know, it was a little bit of transitioning between, you know, kind of, you know, it really was transitioning between, you know, uh, Dr. Franson's team and, you know, kind of what he had put together in his culture and transitioning it into um, what my dream and what my vision was going to be for that for that program. So we stayed competitive, you know, but we went on like, you know, I think it was a, a, a two to three year hiatus of not winning a championship. And um you know, as just the, as I just kind of tried to change the culture around a little bit. Um, but after that, you know, like I said, we stayed competitive, but after that, you know, we put together some pretty good runs of, you know, back-to-back, back-to-back indoors and outdoor championships. And it was, it was really a great, a, a great time. You know, so, so you're talking about, you know, when you take over a program, uh, you, you really have to make your own, you're, you're installing your own vision and, you know, you're cementing your own culture. So I imagine it's it's a little bit different situation when you're if you're taking over a struggling program where there might be people more willing to buy into your new culture because whatever in the past hasn't been working. How is it t- trying to develop a new culture already in a successful program? And because I imagine there's people that might say, "Well, everything was working fine before. Why why do we need to change this a little bit?" So how how do you deal with that? You know, I don't know that you know I don't know that I came in and made a whole lot of changes. 
you know, because, uh, you know, it was a program that I had, had gone through. Um, it was a program, you know, that I had kind of come up through the ranks as an assistant coach. And, you know, so there, you know, it really wasn't any, you know, big wholesale changes that were, were taking place. It was really just, you know, you know, my personality, you know, kind of stamp on the program and how I handle things, you know, both positive things and negative things, um, how I reacted and how I, I, how I did different things, how I managed, you know, the, the different athletes, you know, so, you know, but it really is just a matter of, you know, you, you, when you step into that situation and you're replacing a hall of fame coach, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure and it's just, you just got to take it, you know, day by day. And, you know, and like an athlete, you know, it, um, you know, and our training plans, we try to emphasize our strengths and, and, and work on our, work on our weaknesses. And, you know, as I can look back as a, as a coach, and that's really kind of what I did. I really kind of, uh, set the foundation, uh, you know, for the future years of that program, you know, on events that I was very comfortable with, you know, and the sprints, the hurdles and the combined events, the decathlon, I have And that's really, you know, that's where I was comfortable with. That's what I had, you know, uh, hands-on coaching experience with. So those are the athletes that I brought in, um, you know, that especially the ones that I, you know, would be working, you know, day to day with. And, you know, that was really the foundation. I mean, obviously we, the, the, the roster was open to, you know, all the other, you know, events as well, you know, but I just felt like I needed to bring in the athletes that I was going to be working with and um, set that foundation that way. So obviously, you know, we look towards the future. You set a very good foundation, you know, by the time it was all said and done at, at APU with you, something like 14 national championships, 13 NAA coach of the year awards. I believe there's a stretch of three years there where you won five national championships with both indoors and outdoors. So if you had to, you know, credit, you know, one aspect about your coaching style or about, about your program that, that led to all that incredible success, you know, what, what, is there something specific you could put your finger on? You know, I think it really was, I mean, you know, the, the foundation I had um, both as a student athlete um, and as a young coach, I think was, was very good, but I just, I think, probably one of my strengths as, as a coach is what I do is, you know, I allow, you know, while there is accountability and structure, um, I allow the individuals, you know, I allow the individual student athletes to um, really be themselves, you know, and to celebrate their successes, work through their failures, um, you know, but I allowed them, I allowed them to make mistakes. Um, I allowed them to, to grow from that, but, you know, uh, and to, yeah, I mean, we're talking about team championships and, you know, we had a great team culture, um, you know, but in track and field that that team culture is based on individual performances and, you know, across the landscape of track and field, there's a lot of individuals and, you know, there's distinct differences in psychology and in the sprinter mindset, you know, versus a thrower versus a distance runner uh, versus a combined event athlete. Um, and I really just kind of allowed those athletes to to be themselves. And, um, and, you know, to kind of, I'm not going to say they drove the, drove the bus, you know, wherever they wanted to go, um, you know, but they were, they were definitely free to, you know, to free to be themselves. And I, you know, that really kind of allowed them to have, you know, great performances at the right times. You, you know, you mentioned that and letting people be, you know, the individual selves. And you said, you know, the, the team performance, the team culture is based on individual success. I imagine track and field is probably one of the more difficult sports to just to manage because there are so many different aspects of odd. You know, I don't, I'm not sure how similar a, a shot put a shot putter is to, to a hundred meter. Uh, someone who runs a hundred meter dash or someone who runs a 10,000 meter compared to a jab. And that's a lot of different skills to, that you're having to manage. How do you go about doing that? I, I know part of it is getting the right coaches to help you, but you still have to oversee and manage all of those different types of athletes. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to relationships with the athletes, you know, and, you know, and making sure that they know and understand that, um, you know, as, as their head coach that I care about them, you know, what, and, you know, I've been really blessed through the years to have, you know, to have really dealt with, uh, you know, quality uh, coaching staffs, you know, and, and work with people that I, you know, that I know and that I trust. And, um, you know, and while these student athletes are definitely, yeah, they're very, very different in their approach and, and their mentality and, you know, you know, and, and putting them with a good coach, 
you know, is obviously very important from the technical side. So they're, they're getting the training that they need. Um, but at the same time, you know, it really does it, it, you know, success at that level really does take a village. And, you know, and I've been blessed with, you know, really, really good staffs, you know, kind of over the years and, you know, and, you know, looking at what we, what we have right now at the University of Liberna, you know, for, um, you know, being a small school, I think our, our staff is, you know, as good and as, as competitive as, you know, you know, any staff in the country. So coach, you know, looking, um, before you got to the University of Laverne, you really got involved on the international level of coaching, you know, at several Olympics, you know, of, of course, you know, known for, for coaching Brian Clay, Olympic gold medalist. How did you get involved at that high level of coaching? I think, it, I mean, a lot of it started out, I mean, just kind of, as I mentioned before, just, you know, in our, our little training group um, and with, you know, the, the success that Dave Johnson had, you know, with the Olympic bronze medal in 1992, and he was the number one ranked decathlete in the world. And, you know, you just, you begin to meet people and you begin to know people, um, you know, just at the track meets and at, at different meetings. And, um, you know, it, it re and it really kind of all started with, um, I don't, I forget what took me there, but I remember there was, there was some kind of meeting and Dave was getting some, an award or something like that. And I end up going to the USA track and field, uh, you know, the annual convention, the annual meeting, you know, which takes place um, every year, the first week in December. And, you know, I, I remember going and, you know, we went and did the, you know, again, I, I forget what it was, what, what you know, the purpose of, of being there, you know, but then I just started going every single year. And again, it just kind of evolved. And as, as I, as I continue to go and continue to meet people, um, I, again, and, you know, going back and being involved on the, in the NAI administrative committee, being involved in the administration of a couple national championships. Um, I continued on that, on that same line and begin, you know, began to get involved with, you know, doing committee work and getting in leadership positions inside USA track and field. And, you know, now currently I'm the, the chair of the coaches advisory committee. Um, I work with development on both the men's and women's side for the combined events. And, um, you know, I just got involved with that, you know, and then it's, it's interesting because it's, it can be, it can be a very difficult circle to kind of get into, you know, but you bring in somebody, even though I, you know, really didn't have much to do with, with Dave Johnson's success, you know, I mean, he was already well-established before we started training together, you know, he'd already been an Olympian in, in, in 1988. Um, but association like that um, really opened up a lot of doors, you know, and then obviously with, you know, working with an athlete like Brian Clay, you know, who I think, I think he still holds the NAIA record with I think 24 um, NAIA, NAIA All-American honors, you know, kind of over his four years, you know, and then obviously world championship gold medals and, and Olympic gold medals and everything like after that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I was very fortunate, but, you know, being involved with an athlete like that really does open up a lot of doors for you. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of those experiences were like, like specifically with Clay being there, and, you know, as he's getting, you know, winning these, 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 these medals on the international stage, what, like the atmosphere is like, because that's something that most people in their life will not be able to experience as a coach or as an athlete. Yeah, you know, I, I look back at that and, you know, I mean, it, it was a great time. And, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff, it is really is rare, um, you know, but to get to travel the world, um, you know, and, and, you know, and, you know, Paris, Athens, Beijing, uh, Helsinki, uh, you know, the list is, is, is long. Um, and like I said, I feel very blessed to have been able to do that. Um, you know, but the experience of, of taking someone through, you know, and I mean, I'll just kind of, you know, talk about the experience with Brian and 2004, when he won the silver medal was a great trip. Anyway, we had a lot of fun. Um, we were in Athens, you know, we did a, a training camp on the island of Crete for a couple of weeks prior to, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. He, he performed very well for, you know, his first Olympic games um, because, you know, going to the Olympics, it's a, it's a big event. And there's, a you know, sometimes there's a little bit of transition and sometimes you have to be there first to, experience it and then get some success later on but um you know for, for him to come out he performed amazingly you know won the silver medal you know it and then he backed it up 
you know, the, the next year at the world championships with the world championship gold medal um, in 2005 in Helsinki, you know, and then all of a sudden now, you know, there's some pressure and there's sponsors and there's that kind of stuff. And, you know, the experience of from 2004 to 2008, 2008 was, was very pressure packed um, because with the, with the silver medal already hanging on his wall back home, um, really nothing was going to be successful except for a gold medal. You know, that was, that was, that was hard for me to process as a coach because, you know, it, so much of my coaching philosophy is based on the process and, you know, controlling what we can control and, you know, to kind of have a lot of outside pressures, you know, telling us that the only success we were going to have in 2008 was going to be a, a gold medal was tough, you know, and, and you get caught up in that. And, um, you know, we went out, we had a great time in 2004 after the medal ceremony in, in Athens, really enjoyed ourselves. In 2008, after the gold medal, um, you know, went through, we got the medal, went through the, the podium ceremony, uh, went through the press briefings afterwards, um, you know, spent a little little bit of time with some sponsors on our way out. But that night after we won the gold medal, we pretty much went back to our, apart our apartment and just sat down and relaxed. You know, we were just, we were all just so exhausted, you know, from that process and that, you know, then obviously after that, you know, you know, the next morning it was, you know, get up early because you got to go meet Katie Couric and, and be on the Today Show and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, it, it began, it got a little more fun after that, you know, but it was an interesting dynamic just being, you know, philosophically just, hey, let's just do what we can do. And wherever the, the result is, the result's going to, you know, that's where it's going to end up, um, you know, and to change that, that process, which has guided you know, everything that we had done in his career since he showed up as a freshman in, you know, in 1999, everything was processed and oriented. But, you know, in that, in that time frame, um, it changed from process, at least externally, you know, we still we tried to stay as grounded as we possibly could. But, you know, that process changed, you know, from a process oriented, um, you know, to, you know, being goal oriented, you know, so we really had to stay focused on, you know, just one step at a time. And if we, we handled one step at a time, we were, you know, confident that we were going to have a gold medal, um, you know, but that was an interesting dynamic at that time. Yeah. It, it sounds like, you know, the experience in 2004, you know, at the end of it, you're, you're celebrating that success, you know, you're feeling a lot of joy and for 2008, you're, you're experiencing, it sounds like more, more of relief that, that kind of like, okay, you, you got the goal that you were going to accomplish, but feels like a lot of pressure then it just came off you then that was more the feeling at the end of that one that does that sound about right oh yeah very much so you know and i still you know you know during the competition you know and you know and in the decathlon there's always a lot of pressure you know obviously getting fair marks and getting good performances and you know and brian had gone through it he had he'd had a great first day come back and and started off the second day really well uh but then you know you you know seven events in you encounter the pole vault you know, and the pole vault can be, can be a daunting task, you know, because it doesn't take much and all of a sudden it can, you know, it can take you out of the, out of the competition. And, you know, we, we, our first chance to kind of really sit back and relax after that was actually, well, was we got through the pole vault. He actually vaulted really well, you know, did really well for himself in the pole vault. And then there was a break that, you know, we had the, you know, he had to throw the javelin and then run the 1500 meters um, but I remember we, I, I don't even know how we got to where we were, but we ended up in, you know, kind of a, a space in the stadium that was, it was set up as a lounge, but there really wasn't anybody in there. Somehow we ended up in there, you know, myself and, you know, a couple of the other coaches and Brian, and that was our first, you know, really kind of first chance at, you know, let's sit back and relax a little bit. We know we still need to come back and have a good javelin and run a good 1500 meters, you know, but we had cleared, you know, a few, a few good bars in the pole vault. And, um, you know, we felt pretty comfortable at that point that the results were in our hand. Obviously he still had to finish. Um, but we got through most of the scary parts. So that was actually the, you know, kind of the, you know, after the seventh event, we'd actually had eighth event. We had some time to, you know, really kind of sit back and, and relax, you know, knowing that we still had to finish, we couldn't take our foot off the gas pedal, you know, but that was the first chance where we, you know, really began to realize that this was, you know, that the gold medal was going to happen. You know, coach, 
So your 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 specialties are combined events. Obviously, you coach you know a gold medal decathlete. How how beneficial is that kind of background as a, a head collegiate track and field coach, knowing that you know that you have specialties in all you know basically all these events that you that you can go forward and you know and, and talk to most athletes you're recruiting and have at least some knowledge about their specific event. How beneficial is that? You know, I think it's great just because um, you know, and especially being at a small school, sometimes. You know, I mean, at, at the University of Laverne, I mean, we have a great graduate assistant program. And, um, you know, and obviously, we, you know, I, I kind of target event areas that I'm looking for, you know, you know, expertise in, 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 you know, with our GAs or with our assistant coaches. But, you know, kind of having, you know, that experience both on, you know, for the decathlon and the heptathlon, you know, on the on the on the women's side, because they're different events. Um, having that experience really allows me to. You know, I, I, you know, I can still structure my staff, you know, in the best way I feel see possible. Um, you know, but you know, if I come on, if I end up with a, you know, with a good graduate assistant or a good assistant coach that might be, you know, in my, in the, you know, the areas that I'm really, you know, that I feel really comfortable with and the sprints or hurdles, you know, or the jumps, you know, I, I've, I've, I think the multi-event background, the combined event background really gives me the option to, you know, okay, this, this, this coach is going to be really good. So let's go ahead and bring them in. And, you know, this year I'm going to go over and I'm going to coach the jumpers or I'm going to coach the throwers, you know, or I'm going to coach the the high jumpers or pole vaulters. It gives me a lot of flexibility, um, you know, in, in my coaching staff to where I can bring in quality coaches and, you know, and still gives me the flexibility to kind of, you know, really, you know, have a complete staff and, and make sure that all our event areas are covered, you know, and at the same time, I think it gives me a great, you know, relational piece, you know, to have conversations with the individual student athletes, you know, regardless of their event area, you know, because again, with, you know, with some of the experience and traveling around the world, you know, I've, I've, I've had a chance to, to, to talk and spend time with, you know, elite level throwers, you know, elite level jumpers, um, elite level triple, triple jumpers and, and distance runners. And, um, you know, so it gives, I think it gives me a good point, you know, in terms of, you know, relational, um, you know, with, you know, all, all of the athletes, you know, on, on my collegiate teams. And I, you know, I can, I, 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 I can talk more about, you know, it's not just the, the multi-events, it's not the sprints or hurdles. You know, we can talk about the throws, we can talk about the jumps, we can talk about distance running. So coach, you know, as you're, you're wrapping up your, your career at APU, you know, you'd coach the gold medal winner, you know, multitude national championships, you know, multiple coach of the year awards, NIA Hall of Famer. How does then Laverne come on the map for you? You know, it was just, it was, it was a lot of timing. And um, I had my, my oldest son had, had gone through school. Um, and he actually left school a year early to, 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 um, to get drafted and go play baseball. And I, there was a, you know, a couple of two, two to three year gap before my youngest son, you know, was going to be going through the college process. And, you know, I wasn't really looking to make a move. You know, I, I, you know, was in on the, in the middle of a great run. You know, kind of at Azusa, and um, you know, opportunities had come along in the past, and you know, I was in a position to where I was, you know, really happy with where I was at and what I was doing, and I didn't feel a need to make a change. You know, but with my my oldest son kind of going and having a little bit of gap prior, you know, before my next son was going to go through the collegiate process um you know I, there was an opening you know and I, I really wasn't even aware of it there was an opening at, at university of laverne and um you know and through the years you get to know people and you know i'd, I'd known the laverne people just you know you know the schools are seven miles apart from each other and and just got a phone call you know saying that there was an opening you know and would i be interested and it just kind of piqued my interest a little bit and, you know, and it just, you know, the, the doors opened at the right times and, you know, it was just a good time to make a change, you know, between, you know, again, just between my own personal side with my two sons and um, you know, that the timing worked out great, you know, so just, like I said, just, you know, doors opened, you know, at, at the right times and um, it peaked. I'd been at Azusa for a long time and okay, this might not be a bad, you know, bad change of pace, different environment new challenges and like i said just the, the the timing was the timing was right so you get to laverne 
Um, you know, Vern, you know, a lot of success in track, not necessarily in the number of team championships that APU has. So there's going to be some different challenges, different situations you're going to encounter. What were some of those initial challenges that you faced when you arrived at Laverne? I mean, I think the, the, the biggest piece, I think, is, um, you know, obviously on the recruiting side, you know, going from a scholarship program to a non-scholarship program, going from NAIA and then uh, Division two to a Division three program, you know, the recruiting um, discussions are, are different, you know, when there's not a scholarship piece involved, um, you know, then it's also, there's a, there, there's a piece again on the recruiting end um, and just, you know, the, you know, what is division three, you know, what is, what is the NC2A division three, because it's not, um, you know, there's not a lot of it on the West coast and, and you, you get to, you get to the, you know, to the Midwest and you get to the East coast and, you know, the majority of the schools are division three. And so, I mean, it really is educating, you know, the recruits, letting them know, you know, what division three is and what it's all about and the emphasis of the student athlete, um, you know, talking them through the financial aid pro process, you know, and getting them to understand that, you know, uh, you know, at, mo at, you know, at Laverne at, you know, at most division threes, you know, the, the financial aid, you know, is actually pretty competitive, you know, with other, you know, with, you know, with, with scholarship type programs that, you know, the financial aid is competitive, you know, but I think a big piece was the, the educational piece, you know, and, and really get the, the West coast high school student athletes to understand really how good division three athletics is. And um, it's just, it's a different philosophy. You know, it's a philosophy that's, that's really based on the student athlete and not the athlete who happens to be a student and um and getting them them to understand the really the quality of that that philosophy and what it's produced and um you know and just that educational piece and again you know just division three is is, is competitive i mean you you want to be you want to qualify to nationals you got to be pretty good you want to be an all-american you want to be a national champion um no people aren't just you know going to a track meet and, and walking out with these it is it is a very competitive arena you know, and, and especially with Division Three being, you know, bigger, bigger membership, you know, than Division One and Division Two. You know, so I think that was the biggest challenge was just changing around my my recruiting, you know, and taking the the scholarship piece out of that, you know, and really selling the program and selling the university, um, you know, and selling the philosophy of what you know of what Division Three is. So you, you've seen some early success at Laverne, uh, you know, qualified a few athletes for, for, for nationals, Catalina Lee Kim, you know, Kai Amba, Melissa Rios, I'm sure I'm missing some. And then, you know, All-American Elizabeth Prevedello in the, in the heptathlon. How have those, some initial successes on the national stage helped you as you try to continue to establish your new culture here at Laverne? You know, it's really just establishing that culture um, and that belief, um, you know, and the expectation of success, you know, and, um, you know, and we're a program that, you know, that I'll, I'll give, you know, anybody who wants to work is going to get an opportunity to work, you know, and we're going to work hard and we're going to, we're going to train at a high level, you know, but I'm, if you want to come out, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come out, you know, and to watch that success and watch that, you know, watch those student athletes progress. Um, again, it's just, it's, it's getting that expectation of success. Like we're going to go, we're going to show up on, on a Friday or a Saturday to a track meet and we're going to do well. And, you know, and it's not about, you know, what's going to go wrong. We're excited about what's going to go right, you know, and um, that we are going to perform, that we are going to perform at a high level, you know, and that high level, um, you know, transitioning that, that perception from, you know, individual high level performance, um, as well as, you know, high performances, you know, that now all of a sudden are being, you know, put up on the, you know, the national ranking list, you know, and getting qualified for NC2As, but just, it's that expectation, you know, because you got to expect it first. Um, it's not just going to happen out of the blue. Um, you know, first thing you got to do is believe that you can do it and then, and then you will. So coach, you know, obviously, you know, this last, last two years really been extremely disrupted for, for track and field. We're hoping maybe we could get a couple couple events in this spring. We still don't know, but looking forward to this winter in the indoor season and then next spring for the full outdoor season. First full outdoor season in three seasons. Incredibly, that that it's 
that it's been that long. What are some things that we could look forward to with the, the lever track and field squads? You know, I think we're coming off and, you know, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, the, the past year plus, you know, has been very disappointing um, in terms of, you know, not being able to take part in that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think from our end, you know, at the University of Laverne, I think our administration has done a, done a great job of, you know, putting us in a place to be successful, you know, but, but looking ahead, you know, we're coming off, you know, in the, the, the 2021 season, again, was, I think it was a great year for the university in terms of the amount of students you know, both freshmen and transfers that kind of came in in the fall, you know, and with the track and cross country program specifically, we, we had one of our, I think our largest and most talented, you know, recruiting classes, you know, in, in several years, you know, and they didn't get to do much. And, you know, we were pretty excited about that group and the majority of that group is still together, you know, and have, have, you know, really kind of bonded and, and, and fought through this, this pandemic and, you know, so our, our goal really is, you know, hey, let's let's get whatever we can in this year. And I, and I, I still think we can have, you know, I think we can have a chance to kind of bring home a couple of trophies here or there, you know, at our outdoor championships if we're allowed to take part. Um, you know, but, you know, we're, we're going to add we're going to add a handful, you know, more more recruits to that. The class that we had in the fall of, of 2020, you know, I think we're going to add to that both in numbers and in quality. And, you know, I think, you know, both in the cross country and on the track and field sides, you know, I think we're going to be competitive at the Skyac level, you know, it, and, it, you know, and the Skyac is of such quality in cross country and track and field, you know, we, when we get competitive there, um, you know, we're going to be relative on the national level as well, you know, so I think, you know, uh, we haven't come around the corner yet, but we're, we're right at the corner, you know, with what we came, what, what we have already in place from the 2020, you know, recruiting year, and we're going to add to it for the fall of 2021. And I think we're going to go back to back with two really good recruiting years. And I think that's going to be pretty, pretty exciting to watch both on the, on the cross country course in the fall, you know, and, and both an indoor and outdoor track in the spring. Awesome coach. All right, coach, we'll, we'll start to wrap up here. So first you got to answer this question for us. If, if you had to choose one head coach at the university of Laverne, to be your only assistant coach, who would you choose and why? And of course, your answer with respect to all of the head coaches in the department, but I'm forcing you to choose one. You know what, if, uh, if you're going to put me on the spot, I think I would probably go with uh, Jason Pruitt. Um, one, he, he has a track background. Okay, so I could, I, I, I could trust him a little bit with some different event stuff. Um, you know, but two, you know, what, what JP brings, you know, in, into our office suite, you know, kind of on, on a daily basis, you know, the, the energy that he brings, the positivity that he brings. Um, he's, 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 he's a fun guy to be around um, because there, there, there is, uh, there's always, there's always energy. There's always good conversation. Um, you know, and, and our entire staff like that, you know, but, you know, I think this will get me out of trouble with everybody else. You know, he is bringing in a little bit of, a little bit of track background. He was a high jumper back in the day. Um, you know, so in, in respect to, to everyone else on staff, you know what, his, his track background kind of, you know, gave him the nod. All right, coach. And flipping that around, if you had to choose a coach to be uh, their only assistant, whose who's staff would you want to be on? Um, I think I would probably go with, with coach Winterburn in the baseball um, because I, like I said, there's, I, I, I have a love and a passion for that sport. I really enjoy it. Um, you know, so getting out on the baseball field would be a, a, a good time for me. All right. So along the line of, of coaches, there's, there's an assistant coach I want to talk to you about because you have, have uh, the pleasure of having Chris Gonzalez on your staff, legend, the legend of Laverne himself. And, and you and him go, go way back. Do you, do you have uh, one, one good Chris Gonzalez story for us? Yeah, there's, there's several stories. I don't know. I mean, how many I can share, um, you know, but there was, you know, there's, there's just times where, you know, you know, Chris was always, you know, very serious about his running and, you know, it, you know, and if you know, Chris now, he, he, he loves to have a good time. He loves to joke around, you know, but when he, when he's locked in, he gets pretty, pretty locked in, you know, and there, there, there was times where we would, you know, hide his shoes or sneak up on him and, and scare him. 
um, you know, kind of as a, as, you know, as, as a group, you know, as, as his teammates, um, he was, he was, he was always a lot of fun to, to, to prank, you know, and to, you know, I say, you know, take advantage of, but, you know, in the right way. I mean, he was, he was, he was a little bit gullible, you know, kind of back in the day. And, you know, and we took advantage of that and, um, you know, it was on, a, you know, we, we kind of jabbed at him probably on a regular basis, you know, but that, you know, and, and, in our way, that was a way for us to, you know, let him know like, you know, Hey, if we didn't like you, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be bugging you. You know, we're not bugging you to chase you off. We're bugging you because you know what? Yeah. You are a part of our group. You're just, you're an easy target for us right now. So, you know what, you just got to wear it, but you know, you got to know that, yeah, this makes you, you know, you, you are a part of this group, you know, we're not trying to push you away. You know, it's that same thing. He's like, you know, be worried when someone's not talking to you. Like, Hey, Chris, you know, you get worried about you, what we think about you when we're not pranking you. <laughs> of course, Chris Gonzalez, our assistant track and field coach and assistant athletic director at a like department, big, big, uh, big time delivering guy. So coach, uh, if you have to choose one, one artist or one group to listen to for the rest of your life, who are you going to listen to? Uh, that one's kind of easy. I'm just going to go with the Eagles. Easy, deep catalog. You'll, you'll never have to repeat stuff. That's perfect. Yep. And uh, I'm adding this one since uh, I don't know if you're a big TV guy, but a lot of people, we've been at home longer. Have, is there a new favorite show or show that you've binged that, that, that you'd recommend? You know, this is going to go back to, you know, a little bit of me growing up in the, in, in the high Sierra, you know, and in the mountains and a little bit out in the country. You know what? But I can... I can sit down and, and binge watch Yellowstone, you know, um, anytime, you know, it's just, I enjoy it. It's a little edgy, you know, kind of in different spots, but, you know, I just, I, I love the outdoors. I love the mountains. Um, you know, even, you know, being here in Southern California, I, you know, I spend a lot of time, um, you know, in our local mountains. Um, and, you know, I think that part of it probably appeals me to, more to me than, you know, some of the, the storylines and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I can sit down and binge watch Yellowstone probably on a regular basis. All right, coach. Uh, coach, what, what is something about yourself you want to improve the most? You know, looking at, you know, what I, you know, would like to in, improve the most is, you know, you know, and this is, I, you know, this is, I don't know if this is a, a common coach thing. You know, I think it's probably a little bit more common as, as, as we as coaches kind of get older you know, but really kind of, you know, trying to balance time, you know, between, um, you know, coaching and, 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 and family life, you know, because there was, there was a time, I mean, you know, I mentioned how, you know, how kind of fun that, you know, that run with, you know, again, just, you know, even, even with Brian Clay, but even prior to that with, with Dave Johnson, um, yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time kind of traveling around the world every summer I was gone. I was in Europe, um, you know, for, for five to weeks, five to six weeks every summer. And, you know, I look back on that and I, I, yeah, it was, it was a great experience, you know, but yeah, you know, maybe I could have, you know, been on a plane a little bit more and come back in between, you know, kind of here and there. So it's, it's always, you know, trying to manage that balance, you know, and, and the drive to be successful and to know what it takes to be successful um, and apply that same drive and that same, you know, structure to, you know, you know, kind of your personal life and be able to take care of it on, on that as well. Um, you know, that, you know, that's, that's always a challenge and, you know, probably, you know, always high in my list is be able to, you know, continue to push forward and be successful, you know, professionally, um, you know, but never lose sight of, of what, you know, what we need to do on the personal side as well. That's a great answer, coach. I love that. And then finally, coach, what are three words you hope people would use to describe you? uh like passionate uh fair and a grinder perfect all right coach uh, we really want to thank you for for, for joining us today letting us uh, learn about you a little bit more so the leo family knows who's leading our, our our men's and women's track and field programs coach is, is there anything you want to tell the leo family before we sign off here you know i just i you know if i can if on, on a sign off, I think, you know, even though, you know, I'm still kind of a, you know, a little bit of a short timer, I am, I am picking up some time, you know, kind of wearing the, wearing the green and orange and, you know, at our, 
our our fearless leader Scott Winterburn, you know, our athletic director, his, you know, one of his favorite lines is is Leo's for life. And, you know, that's something that, you know, is alive and very much a part of our campus and our coaching staff. And um, our community is is really one of our strongest things. And, you know, I, you know, going into, you know, four or five years, whatever it is now, um, you know, I was welcomed from day one into the community and we need to continue to kind of be that community looking forward and be a model to, you know, to the world around us, you know, and, you know, and how a lot of different people kind of come together and with different opinions and, and have great discussions and and still be a very close, very tight-knit group. Um, and I think, you know, the model we have, and I know it's selfish saying this, you know, but I think we're, you know, what we have going, especially, you know, our athletic staff and even bigger on the university side. Hey, thank you for, thank you to, to the University of Laverne to for providing that kind of community, um, you know, for, you know, all of us to, to live and work in. Awesome, Coach. Again, thank you for joining us today. Uh, for everyone watching, everyone listening, we'll be back with another episode of Know Your Leos next Tuesday and another episode of Leos on the Spot a couple week, in a couple weeks. Coach, again, thank you for joining us and taking the time to, to tell us a little bit about your life. Uh, we look forward to seeing you hopefully in a couple of weeks and definitely next fall when we get ready for our, our full season. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Anthony, thank you very much for having me. Uh, this was a great series. I look forward to, I don't need to watch this one, but I look forward to seeing all the other ones you guys, all the, all the other ones that you do. So thank you very much for having me. You got it, coach. All right, take care.